1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 to 17. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honourable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honour everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the emperor. Right, well, more than once I've seen kids playing, or, or maybe not even playing, they might, might do it in, in um, the classroom, and one kid tells the other kid, oh, can you go and do this? And the other kid straight away burrs up and goes, you're not the boss of me. Anyone seen that? Heard that? Yep. And many people want to carry that attitude over into their adulthood. You're not the boss of me. Uh, But I'm going to say quite bluntly that the Lord has appointed bosses over us. He's appointed people to rule us, to govern us. He's given people authority over us in all sorts of areas. And a lot of the time, the people who are in these positions of authority, well, not only are they not Christians, but they can be quite immoral sorts of people. And yet, we submit to these people for the Lord's sake. So today's actually going to be a pretty tough message. Well, it's going to be a tough message for some of you um, who, who might be a bit like me and not so tough for others. Right, so some of you, like my wife, for instance, Robin, is rules girl, right? And um, so some people are naturally very compliant sorts of people. And if that's the rule, no matter how silly it might sound or how onerous it might be, if that's the rule, that's the rule, and you keep that rule, right? So some of you will be like that. Others of you, like me, for instance, are naturally very rebellious. And rules for rules' sake, forget it. Um, And if you can't give me a good reason for that rule, well, you're not the boss of me and I'm not going to keep your stupid rules. And then, of course, so that's sort of like the two extremes, right? So some of you will be like me. Some of you might even be worse than me. I don't know. Um, I doubt that anyone would be more compliant than Robin. But, But basically, the rest of us will fit somewhere between, right? So... We're in a section of Peter's letter where he's been reminding us that we're sojourners and exiles. This land is not our home. We're just passing through it because we're citizens of the kingdom of God. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how as citizens of the kingdom of God, we're at war with the passions of the flesh. You remember that? We're talking about the passions of flesh and how we war against these. Even as Christians, we have an inner battle going on inside of us. It's an inner struggle um, where the passions of the flesh are urging us to do stuff which is contrary to the Spirit. And I think most of us would agree with that. We have this 
battle going on inside of us. But then there's the Holy Spirit urging us to live as citizens of the kingdom of God and to do the right thing. And now, over the next few weeks, we're going to see a few specific situations of how the passions of the flesh wage war against our souls. And today's example might be a bit of a surprise to you. It's how we relate to those who are the boss of us. A few weeks ago, we, we talked about the pride of man and man's ultimate rejection of God because I, 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 wanted, I, don't, I don't want to do it anyone else's way. I want to do it my way. And I think I used the word self-determination. We, we don't want anyone else telling us what we have to do. And that's why so much of the time man rejects God. And yet it is this very same pride of man and this same desire for self-determination that makes us reject authority of all kinds and to say, you're not the boss of me. So who are you to tell me that I have to pay tax? Who are you to tell me that I'm not allowed to clear the trees on my own farm? Who are you to tell me that I'm not allowed to own a certain gun? What, why should I have to pay registration to, to drive a vehicle? I pay registration on enough vehicles. Why do I have to pay it on this one? Who are you to make a rule that I have to wear a seatbelt? Surely it's my own fault, if I, my own choice, if I do or don't die in an accident. And um, maybe we won't even talk about the Department of Transport and some of the rules there are for truck drivers. And oh, Why do I have to stop and have a sleep when I'm only half an hour from home? And let's think about the COVID shutdowns. Who are you to ban me from visiting my own family? And who are you to demand that I, and insist that I close my business and stop me from trading? See, this sort of attitude in us is the pride of man and the desire for self-determination that rejects authority and to say, you're not the boss of me. And it's actually part of the fallen human condition. And if we take this prideful attitude to its extreme, we come to something called anarchism. Um, so if you've seen protest movements on the TV, they'll have everybody there with their placards and, and you'll nearly always see at least one person with a big placard with a big capital A painted inside of a circle. You've seen that symbol before? That's the symbol for anarchy. And contrary to what anarchy looks like in reality, Anarchists, which are a social movement, these people seriously believe that the world would be a better place without nations and without states and without authorities. And if there was no police and if there was no armies and they thought that if there was no authorities that we had to obey, then we'd all live in peace together. Now, of course, we know that's utter nonsense. Utter nonsense, because anarchy is exactly that. When there is nobody to rule, anarchy is what we're left with where the most horrible people are the ones who do the most horrible things and everybody else cops it. But the standard slogan for, of anarchism is neither God nor master. And those two things go together in that attitude, neither God nor master. In other words, you're not the boss of me, God. And you're not the boss of me, boss. Right up. Now, the pride of man and the passions of the flesh 
within me say to me, Michael, you don't have to respect authority. But God's word to us today is, oh, yes, you do. And yet sometimes we like to try and spiritualise our rebellion against authority and make it sound like, oh, my, my rejecting authority is actually a mission from God. You know, sort of like the Blues Brothers, if you're into that sort of thing. And so we make it sound like we're on God's mission when we disrespect the authorities and when we don't obey the rules of the land. Now, in a very few cases, that is true there are limits to the authority of the rulers, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the message today. But let's start with verse 13. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, there's actually a bit of controversy over this verse and, and how it's best translated from the original Greek into the English. And we can see a little bit of this coming through in, in the different Bible translations. So the English Standard Version, which is the Bible version that I, I usually preach from, and it's the Bible version which I study mostly at home, uh, it actually doesn't translate it very well. It says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. The NIV says, to every authority instituted by men. That's closer. Uh, the King James Version says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. That means command or law. Um, but the literal translation of the original Greek actually says, be subject then to every human creation, meaning human creature or human being." because of the Lord, whether to a king as the highest or whether to governors, etc., etc. The, the Greek word in question is the word kitisai, which does mean creation. And so the difference in translations comes because is it referring to God's human creations or to what humans create? And so is it referring to people that God has created and here in these particular verses, people of authority, or is it referring to what people have created, which is institutions? And so that's, that's why we have this bit of a misunderstanding on how, how do we best interpret this. And to figure this out, we need to look at it in its context. And in, in, in the immediate context and the extended context, Peter's not actually talking about institutions. He's talking about people. He's talking about humans. And specifically in this paragraph today, he's talking about humans who are in authority, the emperor, the governors. Be subject to these people. But you might say to me, Michael, but, but you know that the governors and the emperors, they actually represent an institution. Well, yes, they do. Um, but this is where our habit of chopping the Bible up into little pieces becomes a bit of a problem for us. When we read on... This is what we discover. We discover that he's talking about people right throughout this section of the letter. So verse 13, he literally says, be subject to every human creation, every human being. And then it lists the highest of these, the emperor. And then in verse 14, the governors. And then in verse 17, he says, honour everyone. He's still talking about people. 
And then in verse 18, servants, we're going to be studying this one next week, servants, be subject to your masters. All right, he's carrying on the examples of how we don't put ourselves above others and the way we relate to people. But then it goes on into chapter 3. You, you know, Peter didn't, he didn't go, all right, well, we're going to stop the chapter here and stop the train of thought. He was writing a letter. We've added the chapter numbers in later. And, it, and this train of thought continues. He says, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. And we'll be in, studying that in a couple of weeks' time. And then in verse 7, husbands, you're not off the hook because he says in the same way, husbands show honour to the woman. And you see, it's carrying through this thing how we relate to people and, and submit to people. And Peter is ripping away from us the self-righteous and the self-centred and the self-serving passion of the flesh that makes us want to be our own master and to say to people, you're not the boss of me. And he's replacing it with the way of Jesus. And we've talked already a bit about how Peter seems to keep referring back to things that Jesus said. And I reckon Peter would remember very well what Jesus said when he and the other disciples were arguing amongst themselves about who was going to be the greatest and who was going to get to be in the prized place. And, and Jesus called them to him and he said to them, you know, those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be great among you must be a servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And in Luke, Jesus said, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And, and this is the essence of, you're not the boss of me. That's an unwillingness to humble ourselves and to submit. Now, some Christians feel, well, but this is, he's only talking about within the Christian fellowship, and so I don't have to submit to anybody else because they're not the boss of me. But, but Peter is showing us here that we do have to submit to other people. And the examples that he gives, if we translate this into people of, of, in our culture today, submit to the prime minister, submit to the premier and her officials and the police, honour everyone, submit to your employer, submit to your husband. And in the same way, husbands honour your wives. The passions of the flesh are what we have to battle against. And it's the passions of the flesh that for many of us are saying, you don't need to submit. Now, some of you are probably you know, taking this message a bit hard. Uh, some of you um, who are naturally quite compliant sorts of people um, are probably going, yeah, yeah, that's, this is right. But then the rest of us were going, you wretched preacher, you know, and, and I know, I know. Um, I've had a real struggle writing this um, because 
I've said this before, and I know that I'm going to have to say it over and over again, that most of the time when, when I'm preaching and teaching from God's Word, I, I'm actually preaching it myself. And you guys just get to listen in. And for some of you, this is going to be something which you need to make adjustments in your life to align with God's Word. And I know that I personally, personally am deeply challenged and very much confronted with today's Bible reading. And you know what? It's also the passions of the flesh that make us want to pick and choose which bits of God's Word that we want to pay attention to. Right, so I bet there's a few employers here today hearing this and agreeing wholeheartedly, yeah, employees, be subject to your employer for Jesus. But maybe those same people aren't quite so keen on that bit that says, be subject to the rulers, submit to your rulers. Or not so happy on that bit that says, honour everyone. And that means honour your employee as well. And there's probably a few husbands here who are very keen to get to that message where, where the wives are going to be told, submit your husbands, but not, so, not going to be so keen to hear that bit that says to the husband, in the same way, like saying like, just like, just like this, you also have to honour your wife. But here's the thing. As disciples of Jesus, we are to have an attitude of submission and to not seek to lord it over anyone else and to accept the authority of those who God has placed over us. And what Peter's showing his readers is, is not that, that they submit to Caesar because Caesar is Lord. They submit to Caesar because Jesus is Lord. Right? So we don't sit submit to the authorities because they are Lord. We submit to the authorities because Jesus is Lord. Verse 13 says, be subject for the Lord's sake. Verse 15 says, for this is the will of God. Verse 16 says, living as servants of God. Verse 17 says, fear God. And all of this is in relation to why we submit. Our submission to one another, our submission even to non-Christians, and the honour that we give to every human being is at the command of God and at the will of God, and it's for the Lord's sake. And so a general characteristic of living as citizens of the kingdom of God is submitting. And some of us probably realise, actually, I'm not very good at that. Does this grate on anyone? Come be honest. Does it grate on you that God is telling you that you have to submit? Or is it only me? Come on, confession time. Oh, there's a couple, couple, couple there. Yep. It grates on me. And that's the thing about the gospel. It challenges, it challenges us so much. It goes to the very core of who we are and how we function. And God says, I want to change that in you. I want to take that pride 
that pride of man that the world so admires. And I want to give you the way of the Spirit. And this was so much a part of who I was, that to become a citizen of the kingdom of God, I had to be born again. Um, it's a total regeneration, a total renewal. We can't just make a few changes and hope that it all goes for the best. And yet still, the passions of the flesh make it really hard for me to submit. And it still grates on me. So what do I do? How do I respond to this? Well, firstly, I, the first thing is I have to actually recognise and agree, okay, this is actually what God's Word says, and that it's not actually a passion of the Spirit that makes me rebel. That is a passion of the flesh. I have to agree with God on that and repent and abstain from the passions of the flesh. In other words, not do it and not lord it over others and learn to submit. Now that's confronting, isn't it? I know some of you are going to find this very confronting. Right, so are there ever times when we should not submit to those in authority? I bet there's a few ready to rattle them off. Yeah, there are a few times. Remember, it, it's not about submitting to those in authority because they are Lord. There is a higher authority that I think Reuben pointed it out this morning. Who's the highest authority? God. God's the highest authority. And so we submit to the authorities because Jesus is Lord. And so if anyone ever instructs us to do something which is contrary to the commandment of God, well, to honour the Lord, we do not follow those instructions. But let me be really clear here. And once again, I'm going to speak from my own personal experience. We need to be aware and, and beware because the passions of the flesh are trying to convince me that it's okay to despise authority. And so it's actually the passions of the flesh that's trying to go, oh, you know, I think that might be an ungodly rule, so therefore I'm not going to keep it. We have to be really careful that it's not the passions of the flesh that we listen to and it's actually the spirit. Peter said in verse 16, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. All right, so let's remember the general principle of godly living, living as servants of God, means that we do submit to the authorities. And so let's beware that we don't use the freedom that we have in Christ as a cover-up for evil. What's this evil we're talking about? The evil inclination that's trying to convince me to rebel against the authorities and say, you're not the boss of me. Right? So in some cases, it is right to not submit to authority. But, but we're not talking about some kind of abstract, distant linking of us supporting evil. We're talking about when the, the authorities are requiring of us a direct personal involvement. And I think it's going to be easiest for me to give a couple of examples. So 
If the government instructed us, as they did with Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, uh, they were instructed to worship other gods or to stop worshipping God. And as disciples of Jesus, if we were ever told to do that by the government, what would we do? We would disobey them because we've been told to worship God and to worship God alone. Uh, but we also need to be aware that to be prepared for the consequences. Now, it's, it's really easy to, to disobey authority if we think that we're not going to get caught or if we think that the punishment is so slight it's to don't care if we get caught. Second example, if, if anyone ever asks you to lie for them, whether they're a close friend or whether a family member or whether an employer or whether a government official, if anyone ever asks you to lie, you can't do that. You must not lie to them for the sake of Jesus. With Queensland's current abortion laws, Queensland doctors are now compelled under legislation that if they refuse to conduct an abortion, they are compelled to refer that person to somebody who will conduct that abortion. And yet many disciples of Jesus feel that they must not, and I would agree. Civil celebrants who conduct marriages are no longer allowed to refuse to marry same-sex couples simply on that basis. And yet Christians must refuse to do that. If a Christian teacher is instructed to teach children anti-Jesus propaganda, that Christian teacher must refuse. Now, th those are just a few examples where it would require a direct personal participation. And, and we can't do that. Yes, we have to respect and honour and obey our authorities, but not if they command us to do something that, that God has demanded that we don't do. But then there's other more abstract and more removed situations where people like to rebel. And I'm pretty certain that, that these examples are examples of using our freedom as a cover-up for evil. Some people refuse to pay tax because their tax dollar might happen to get used for ungodly purposes. And, oh, I don't want to fund this, this um, evil government. Uh, some people refuse to submit information because they feel that the government might one day use that information against them or against Christians. You know what? So what if they do? Are you truly ashamed for the government to know that you're a disciple of Jesus? I hope not. And we tend to think that our government is bad. We have Christians in our parliament. Our prime minister is a Christian. Now, he does a few things that I don't agree with, but I tell you what, I'm really glad that we've got a man in parliament, in, in, in that prime minister's office, who prays to God every day. I hope you're happy with that too. And I hope you're praying for him. Do you know what kinds of leaders Peter had? The bloke who's writing this letter and the people that he is writing to, their leader, the emperor, Nero, he used to burn Christians to light his garden at night. And he used to dress Christians up in the skins of wild animals and set his hunting dogs onto them. And what does Peter say? Be subject for the Lord's sake to this bloke, to the emperor. Honour the emperor. It was the Apostle Paul who told us to pay our taxes. 
pay our taxes. Who are they paying taxes to? To the emperor. What was he doing with those taxes? Funding his military. What were the military doing? They were persecuting Christians. And he says, pay your taxes. You see, we, we don't rebel against the authorities to save our own skin. And we don't rebel against the authorities to pad our own bank accounts. And we don't rebel against the authorities as a cover-up for evil, which is that evil attitude that just says, you're not the boss of me. And in the rare times, I'm, I'm using that word rare, currently it is rare times when we need to resist authority for the sake of Jesus. But in those rare times, be aware that there is a very real physical cost to when we do. You know, some people get all worried. Oh, we're getting towards the end times now and Christians are going to be targeted and, and we can't let the powers be get away with what they're doing and setting it up so that we're going to suffer. Do you know what Jesus said when he talked about these times? When Jesus was talking about the way it was going to be so hard on Christians at the end of time, this is what he said in Revelation chapter 13. If anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. It wasn't a call to arms. It's not a call to rebellion. It's a call to endurance and faith. When it comes to resisting the beast, that the most evil of world rulers at the end of time, we don't even resist him by fighting or by disobedience. We hold on to the faith that we have in Jesus and we do not worship the beast, we worship God. And that's all that's required. And if we must go to jail for our Christian faith, that's what'll happen. And if we must be executed for our faith in Jesus, that's what'll happen. You know what I hear when I'm reading that? I'm reading about submission. We've just, who, is there anybody sick of the elections here? Why is it that we've learnt so much about the US elections and the Queensland elections were so quiet? We learnt so much about the two different types of, the two sides of politics from the US and we hardly heard boo from our own. And in the adversary, adversarial climate that democracy produces, it can be really hard to submit to the authorities that get elected when they're not the ones that we wanted to get the job. But the people who rule over us, no, how, no matter how bad they might seem, these people have been appointed by God to carry out law and order and to administer our land. Peter put it, he said, to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, they're not always very good at that, but that's their role. And it is the will of God that we submit to these leaders. Why? 
to silence the ignorance of foolish people. That's a strange statement. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how sometimes it's the Christians who get painted as the baddies, right? Now, I think this is who Peter's referring to as the foolish people, right? They paint the Christians as the baddies. And to be quite frank, some of the comments that we hear coming out of the US at the moment, they really don't help the, the image of Christians at all. You know, when you hear some people who claim to be Christians talking about taking arms up against the government and, and things like that, it's, it's, it's not godly at all. But it's also something which bubbles away under the surface here at home as well. And I've noticed over the last few years there is an increasing subculture of people in the church, people who get really fixated on certain claims, like claims of government control of the masses and, and how the government's tracking Christians so that, so that they can persecute the Christians in the future. And, and they're more focused on these possibilities than what they are on the gospel. And you get them talking and all they want to do is talk about these things instead of talking about the gospel and the graciousness of God and sharing that with other people. But you know what that sort of focus does? It fuels passions, doesn't it? But what passion does it fuel? It fuels the passion of the flesh to rebel against the government and to rebel against the authorities when the Spirit says, submit. And people see this subculture within the Christian church bubbling away, and their mind, it says, oh, that confirms our perspective that all Christians are crazy. And it only takes a few people to have these crazy thoughts. But when we submit, as God's word demands, even to an ungodly leader, that silences the accusations. And this is God's will. So the focus today has been on submitting to our leaders. But the overall theme, which began today, is going to extend for the next few weeks. And it's actually about honouring everyone. So the challenge for me today is to not have the attitude, you're not the boss of me, and to never have the attitude, I'm the boss of you. Honour everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honour the emperor. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes it's really hard to submit. We want to be the strong ones. We want to be the ones who dominate. We might even want to be the heroes who step up and save people from those who dominate. But Lord, your word today is unambiguous. It, it cannot be misunderstood. Your will is for us to submit. And Lord, we, we confess to you that for some of us, it really grates on us to submit to the ungodly. But this is your will. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do your work in our hearts and that you would change our hearts so that it doesn't grate on us anymore and that we would willingly submit to authority and do it for your glory. 
Lord, we ask that by your Holy Spirit that you would help us to win the battle against the flesh. Help us to be able to tell the difference between the passions of the flesh and the passions of the Spirit. And to recognize that the Spirit is urging us to submit and it's the flesh that's urging us to, to disrespect and to rebel. And Lord, may the honour and the respect that we give to others be because of the honour and the respect that we have for you. Amen.